listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 110. Very exciting show this week. A little bit later on in the show, we welcome for the very first time, the Purple Poppy, the father of freelance, marvelous Matt Nix, joins us for the very first time on Windy City Slam Podcast. Very, very excited for that interview. Plus, there's plenty to talk about in local wrestling, especially this upcoming weekend. There are no fewer than 15 shows running in the area around Chicagoland and Southeast Wisconsin. That's absolutely amazing. I think a lot of shows are just coming together a couple of weeks before WrestleMania because a lot of the local talent is going to be down in Texas at various different independent shows leading up to the big two-day WrestleMania event at Jerry's World. And just a little sneak peek at what's coming up this weekend. We have an international superstar wrestling for two different championships this weekend in two different promotions. We have a well-known Chicago superstar defending two titles in one night. Current AEW stars will be in town, and one of them will be wrestling on multiple shows. Former WWE stars will also be represented at Chicago Style Wrestling and GLCW. All this and so much more coming up next, right here. A Windy City Slam podcast. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708 708- Hey, it's the Cryonic Redneck Coldstone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Baseball is back and the White Sox are going to be hotter than ever. Join my former co-host, Chris Lanuti on Socks in the Basement, available on the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network right now, where Chris talks about some of the Socks' new acquisitions, the upcoming season, and so much more. Catch Socks in the Basement on the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. All right, welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast. And there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Matt Nix coming up in a few minutes, but let's get into some of the national stories of the week and unfortunately and uh, this is just crushing to me unfortunately it is with a heavy heart that i'm reporting as i was editing this episode that scott hall 
passed away at the age of 63. He was just taken off of life support earlier today when his family arrived after he suffered multiple heart attacks following complications following hip surgery. And this is a very, very sad day. Another person gone way too young in the wrestling business, unfortunately. Scott was known as Big Scott Hall. He was the diamond stud in WCW. He was Razor Ramon in WWE, where he won four Intercontinental Championships. He was one of the founding fathers of the NWO with Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. Scott had a lot of issues later on in his life with some dependency problems. and But fortunately, Diamond Dallas Page kind of rescued him a bit, brought him back into the spotlight. Scott looked good a few years ago when I met him in person at an appearance locally. And he was really, really good to everybody that was at that appearance. Um, we went to see the documentary about Jake the Snake Roberts, and Scott was there to meet and greet fans and talk about that. And he was really, really cool. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. You will be missed, my friend. And also this past Friday night, Big E suffers a broken neck during WWE SmackDown Live during a tag team match against Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Rich Holland snatched him up for a, a belly, belly to belly overhead suplex on the floor, and Biggie lands right on the crown of his head, and it looked bad from the start. And unfortunately, he was carted off to the hospital. But the good news is, he seems like he's doing okay. But it's probably still way too early for a prognosis on whether or not he could even return to the ring. No telling when he might return. But thoughts and prayers and best wishes to Biggie. Switching over to local wrestling this past weekend, there were some pretty good shows in the area, plus Warrior Wrestling in Indianapolis. There were some good houses at Rocket Pro in Joliet, Wrestle League at Chi-Town Football in Chicago, and ARW in Lake Station, Indiana. And to touch upon Rocket Pro Wrestling real quick, that was Shamrock Showdown this past Saturday night over at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. The main event was Marche Rocket defending the Rocket Pro Championship against Chicago Bear Hug Steve Michaels. But as it turned out, old evil Christian Rose cashed in his opportunity, and he leaves Joliet as the new Rocket Pro champion. So congratulations to Christian Rose. A bit of a stunning development there, as two real good pros in both Marche Rocket and a good buddy of mine, Steve Michaels, in that main event. But Christian Rose steals the night and steals the title. Warrior Wrestling 20 took place at McGowan Hall in Indianapolis this past Saturday night. It was broadcast on Fight TV. I know some people made the three to three and a half hour drive from the Chicago area to go ahead and attend. I unfortunately was not one of those people, but I was able to catch it on Fight TV. And here's a look at this fantastic card once again by Warrior Wrestling. Brian Pillman Jr. defeated Silas Young with an inside cradle pin. Then... Two surprise performers on the show, Jake Crist defeats Storm Grayson when Crist relied on some underhanded tactics, an eye rake, and then he hit a cutter and a backslide pin. But this is really cool to see Storm Grayson on a stage like Warrior Wrestling where more eyes are on the product and more people see Warrior Wrestling. And Storm Grayson's a guy who's been really, really in an upward trend the last couple of years. I've been saying this all the time on this show. I think this guy might be the next guy 
to sign with a company like WWE or NXT in the coming months. And in fact, he had that recent appearance on WWE main event against Veer Mahan. But in this match against Jay Christ, a lot more opportunity to show off his offense. He nearly pulled off the victory against the veteran Jay Christ. But unfortunately, in my eyes, Jay Christ pulled out the win. Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship, Sam Adonis retains the title, defeating his old rival from AAA in Mexico, Psycho Clown. And Sam, who has lately been a bit of a babyface for Warrior Wrestling, showing those old heel tactics once again, like he does in Mexico. He hits a low kick on Psycho Clown, rips off Psycho Clown's mask. Psycho Clown covers up. Sam gets the pin and escapes with the Lucha Championship. And that's a no-no, but Sam Adonis knows what he's doing. Uh, they don't call him El Rudo for nothing. Speedball Mike Bailey continues to impress. In his second match in Warrior Wrestling, he defeats the Warrior Wrestling medallion holder, Casey Navarro, with a Flamingo driver. And now, this whole Casey Navarro thing is really interesting. He's been with Warrior for the better part of two years. He's wrestled probably seven, eight, or nine matches with them now. And his record is not very good. I believe he only has like two wins. But one of those wins was that six-man GMSI challenge to win that Warrior Wrestling medallion. So he still has that Warrior Wrestling Championship opportunity in his back pocket. So despite the fact his record hasn't been good, he's still laying around in the weeds with that opportunity. And maybe he'll cash it in at the least expected moment. Killer Cross made his return to Warrior after nearly three years away down in NXT and WWE. He defeats Jake Something via a TKO. Now, this was a hard-hitting, bruising match. And afterward, Jake Something, not very happy with the referee stoppage. And there may be a little bit more to this beyond Warrior Wrestling 20. So maybe we'll see another match with Jake Something and Killer Cross. We'll have to see about that. And I think Killer Cross is going to make some more appearances for Warrior down the line. Would love to see Scarlet with him too, because I totally love that entrance in NXT. One of the best entrances of the past 10 years in professional wrestling was that Carrion Cross, now Killer Cross again, with Scarlet at his side. Fall and pray. Good stuff. Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship. Now, this is a match or a series of matches that changed numerous times in the last week before the show, but Thunder Rosa retains the championship, defeating Athena and Sky Blue in a triple threat match after Rosa pinned Sky Blue. Now, AQA was supposed to be on the show. There were supposed to be singles matches like Athena versus AQA and Sky Blue was supposed to get the one-on-one shot against Thunder Rosa, but those got scrapped. AQA had uh, travel problems, couldn't make it to Indianapolis because of some late winter weather around the East Coast and around the country. So it ended up being the triple threat and Thunder Rosa retains that championship. Lance Archer defeats another last minute substitution, Mike Bennett, who was subbing for Jonah. And Archer hits his blackout finish to pin Bennett. And Mike Bennett getting there pretty easily Because as of right now, he's living in Ottawa, uh, where his wife, Maria, grew up. They decided to settle down in Ottawa. So it was a nice, easy, peasy trip for Mike to replace Jonah last minute. And again, Jonah was a casualty 
of some of the travel issues last weekend. And in the main event, now, this was a match I thought would steal the show, and it kind of did a bit. Trey Miguel and Myron Reed, the Little Rascals, defeat Top Flight, the returning Top Flight of Darius and Dante Martin, and Arez and Dante Leon, when Trey pinned Dante Leon following a Spike Tombstone piledriver. After the match, Trey Miguel took the microphone. He wants his shot against Will Ospreay for the Warrior Wrestling Championship. Now, if you remember, during Warrior Wrestling 19, Blake Christian took the mic after his match. He wants his rematch with Will Ospreay. Obviously, we know Brian Cage wants a rematch. Brian Pillman Jr. is a former Warrior Wrestling Champion. We have all these people with chips on their shoulders wanting a championship opportunity. And this makes me think and made me go, hmm. I tweeted out shortly after Warrior Wrestling 20 ended, I see another War of Attrition match on the horizon. And we may be getting that sooner or later. Maybe Warrior Wrestling 21, maybe 22. We'll see what happens in the next couple of months. But Osprey is supposed to be in South Bend next month for Warrior Wrestling 21. So maybe that's where we'll see the next War of Attrition. Stay tuned. All right, going on to the big weekend in Chicago and professional wrestling. And I cannot believe how much is going on. I'm going to try to hit the highlights here. In Chicago-style wrestling, Friday night, March the 18th, St. Patrick's Day Massacre at the American Legion in Franklin Park. We have CSW champion Joey the Jet Avalon taking on Blanco Loco in a two-out-of-three-falls-tables match. Then we have Sierra against Dream Girl Ellie in a strap match. CSW Metro Division champion Superstar Steve Boz defends against Ryan Matthews. And in a six-person scramble match, we have Swaggle, former WWE superstar, Axel Rico, Acid Jazz, TJ Steele, the Ice Pig Victor Capri, and Iniestra going at each other. Then we have Cypher and CSW Women's Champion Heather Reckless taking on Adam Stallion in Sky Blue. CSW Tag Team Champs, The Dope Kings, Brute Baker, and CJ Esparza, plus Marche Rocket, in a six-man tag, taking on Shane Boucher, Jay Marston, and Solomon Dupu. And Jax Johnson takes on Conan Lycan. Now, this is going to be a really tough match for Jax. Conan Lycan's coming off a huge victory over Vic Capri last month. Also Friday night, we have Freelance Wrestling, a shift in power at Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. And here's Robert Ego Anthony's true test as the kingpin of freelance wrestling. He has to defend the Freelance World Championship against Allen Five Angels of the AEW Dark Order. And Ego also has to defend his Freelance Legacy Championship against the red-hot Brian Keith out of Texas. So those are two outstanding opponents, two grueling matches. Let's see if Ego can survive one or both as still champion. Then we have GPA against Shaza McKenzie, Laney Locke against Effie, and for the Freelance Tag Team Championships, the take-it-home wreckers of Darren Corbin and Bucky Collins take on the upstart team of Kylie Ray and Alfonso Gonzalez. And I'm sure both the Bang Bros and Pick and Pop will have their eyes peeled on this match. Also, Saturday night, and now there are 
many amazing shows and matches on Saturday. I will be at Freelance Underground's Double Back in Joliet at the Cantini VFW. On that show, we have Freelance Underground champion Calvin Tankman, heavyweight hustle, defending in a rematch against the former longtime Freelance Underground champion, GPA. Then for the Freelance Independent Championship, Storm Grayson defends his title against Allen Five Angels of AEW. Now, this should be an amazing match. Really, really looking forward to this pairing. When I saw it announced on social media, I got very, very excited. I had a feeling with both of those guys being announced for the show that this is the matchup that may have been made. And sure enough, here it is. This is going to be really, really good. Then we have the championship check holder, Shane Mercer, taking on Alfonso Gonzalez. We have Joliet's own Gunner Brave taking on JJ Garrett. Plus, also advertised for that show, Project Monix and Kayla Cassidy. Also Saturday night, March the 19th, Berwyn Championship Wrestling presents March Madness at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. Featuring the BCW champion, Ice Pick Vic Capri, taking on Blanco Loco. That's right, the international superstar, Blanco Loco, challenging for the CSW title on Friday, and then the BCW championship on Saturday. For the BCW tag team titles, we have Just Amazing and Mike Strong, the champions, defending against Big Mood of Mateo Valentine and Jack Moody. Then we have Missa Kate versus Heather Reckless. We have NWA star Scion. And boy, that guy, body type-wise, looks awfully familiar. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but Scion, he's just a familiar-looking face. He takes on Yakuza. Joe Alonzo takes on Saban Gage. Vinny Scarpone takes on Acid Jazz as the N-words erupt. And Bryce Benjamin will be the special guest referee. Ready for a lot of shenanigans and all kinds of craziness in that one, I'm sure. Ryan Matthews will host an open challenge for the Indiana State Championship. Then we have Iziola Landi against Aaron Payne. And in a scramble match, we have Sage Phillips, Dream Girl Ellie, Jake Painter, Chico Suave, and Russell O'Dare. Also, this Saturday night, March the 19th, AAW Pro presents. Epic. It's their 18th anniversary show. This is going to be back on their home base on the north side of Chicago at Logan Square Auditorium. And we be broadcast on Fight TV. We have AAW champion Matt Fitchett defending against Schaff. AAW pro women's champion Sky Blue defends against Christy Janes. A contenders match for the AAW Heritage Championship contendership. Gringo Loco versus Myron Reed versus Gnarls Garvin versus Braden Lee. And then we have tag team action, ACH and Jassi taking on Hakeem Zane and Karam. Longtime Chicago wrestler, Ace Steel, recently released as a coach from the Performance Center of WWE. Ace Steel makes his return to AAW. He takes on Davey Vega. Plus, we'll also see Shane Hollister versus Stephen Wolf. In addition, we have Bruce City Wrestling on Saturday night. It's their Parade of Champions, and it's their 500th show 
with past and present stars of BCW appearing. Also Saturday night, March the 19th, GLCW presents All Aboard with WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather, making a special appearance. Plus, you'll see Backwoods Brown, The Express, Jesse Goddard, and so much more over at Circle B Recreation in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Sunday, there's a Penta El Zero Miedo appearance. Now, Gali Lucha Libre is hosting his appearance at the Ramada in Glendale Heights. He'll be taking pictures, signing autographs. There will also be a Gali Lucha Libre show later on in the night. Penta will not be wrestling, so the only chance you get to see Penta will be at this special meet and greet, which is actually separate from the Gali Lucha Libre show. Check out Gali Lucha Libre on Facebook for more details. Plus, also on Sunday, March the 20th, we have Lucha Libre Total at the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn. Laredo Kid will be on that show. So, I mean, there's big-time wrestlers on a lot of different shows this weekend. It's absolutely crazy. And speaking of big-time wrestling companies, if you didn't get enough Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, WWE presents Monday Night Raw at Allstate Arena in Rosemont. Main show starts at 7, so get there early. Live broadcast on USA. The road to WrestleMania continues at Allstate Arena. All right, coming up next in just a few moments, the father of freelance, the purple poppy, marvelous Matt Nix. Coming up next, stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, welcome back to Windy City Slam podcast. And I am just so very excited for the very first time ever here on the show. He's the father of freelance. He's wrestled for numerous promotions in the Chicagoland area. We welcome the Purple Poppy, marvelous Matt Nix. Matt, how you doing? Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm doing great, actually. It's enjoying the beautiful weather that we, uh, we've been blessed with this week and I guess the unfortunate news of the passing of Scott Hall kind of brought the day down, but you know, other than that, we're having, we're having a good day. How about you? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm enjoying the weather as well. Also very, very sad by Scott Hall's passing. Uh, I met him like seven years ago and it was a point where he really cleaned up nicely and he looked good. Uh, He was really nice to everybody. And it was really cool to see him kind of come back from the depths a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's, I was talking about it with, with people uh, today and, and kind of was just, you know, saying at least we got that hall of fame speech, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't like, you know, he passed before that. And, you know, the, the only memories that we had of Scott were like, you know, those, the, the bad moments, I guess, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the, towards the end of that, before he, you know, started working with DDP and, you know, kind of cleaning up, you know, getting sober and stuff. So at least, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to kind of see him kind of heal a little bit and, um, 
you know, have, have him get his flowers, you know, get his hall of fame induction and, mm-hmm. and God, what an incredible speech it is too. One of the best we've ever had. I mean, him and mm-hmm. probably Ric Flair. Oh yeah. Really cool. Now, uh, turning back to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, um, you've been in the business for a little while, um, but you're definitely a, quite a bit younger than I am, but um we grew up kind of almost in the similar area. You're from Bridgeview and went to Argo High School. Uh, I grew up on the southwest side, not far from Midway, near Archer Harlem, went to St. Lawrence. So we definitely have uh, some of the, the same uh, running grounds in terms of uh, growing up. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely grew up, grew up in Bridgeview, south side for most of my life. Uh, now I live, I live on the north side now, which is is blasphemy if you talk to my father he he's like you're a north sider now <laughs> that's funny but, because <laughs> go ahead oh no i was to say uh but that's cool i didn't i didn't know you went to st lawrence high school i spent a little bit of time there when um uh, i used to coach for a youth wrestling program that uh for a time did their practices out of st lawrence so i got to i got to know the some of the coaching staff there a little bit very nice yeah, it's funny because I actually lived up on the northwest side for a few years myself before I moved back southwest to uh, the southwest suburbs now. But uh, yeah, we've kind of both moved around a little bit in our lives. Um, so what inspired you into getting into wrestling and how did you get trained in all that? Um, gosh, it's, it, the inspiration to get into wrestling. Um, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard to pinpoint, I guess, like, you know, much like most people that get into the business uh just grew up as a huge fan of it you know since as as long back as i can remember uh just always watching wrestling and arguing with my grandma if it was real or fake (laughs) she she thought everything was fake and i was like no grandma it's real you see i'm hitting them with a chair it's real um but you know growing up uh when i was like in my early high school years uh you know much like most people in the business uh also uh, got involved in do, in doing backyard wrestling. Um, not like the dangerous, you know, like mm-hmm. d- backyard wrestling, that's kind of been the, the stereotype, but like uh, for that, I would say for that generation, you know, a lot of their inspiration was probably like watching ECW and like em- emulating those guys. But like for me and like the guys that I came up with, you know, the biggest thing at the time in the, in the early two thousands was ring of honor. And that was like what we were trying to emulate. We were trying to be, you know, Brian Danielson and, and Christopher Daniels and, and low key and well, maybe not low key, but <laughs> you know, like just, just emulating that, that wrestling wrestling. And, you know, that was, that's kind of what we did. And like, you know, once I graduated high school and I was just like, I, I, I know this is what I want to do. Uh, my mom kind of not forced me, but like very, uh, sh- sternly suggested that I, you know, try to get at least some sort of degree. Um, but while doing that, you know, I searched kind of, I just did what any person would do. I Googled wrestling training and um, I, I think I, that's where I found the Chicago, old Chicago pro wrestling forums. I don't know if you remember those um, probably a somewhat of a more toxic place than wrestling Twitter, if that's even possible, but, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, found, you know, I posted on there, like, Hey, where's a good place to go train and made connections with people and was told to come meet up at this like warehouse somewhere just off North, uh, North Avenue in Narragansett. And that's where I met my trainer, Steve Boz. 
Cool. So you did some stuff for CSW back in the day with Boz? Yeah, yeah. We started uh, myself, uh, Chris Castro, Craig Mitchell, Kenny Sutra, um, and Alex Olson. We all were like, we were, that was like our class. I mean, there was other people there too, but we would all hop in a car together and drive all the way up there from the south side together and train every week. And we all kind of got our got our start in CSW and had a lot of great memories uh, doing that. Like, we got to meet a lot of like wrestling legends that way. Um, you know, Jimmy Hart, Hacksaw. Uh, it was it was a really good learning experience too. And like you know, we learned a lot from Boz. Um, he taught us a lot of good, um, a lot of the basics very very well. And, you know, a lot of things, especially with like working camp, the cameras and stuff like Boz, Boz was very good in, in that aspect. And, and we had a lot of fun working with CSW too. Uh, most of the time was working ourselves, uh, the other rookies working with each other. And, but after a while, we kind of were just like, you know, we need, we need to start making some moves. We need to start traveling a little bit more, um, seeking additional training and like attending seminars and stuff. So uh that's one thing i always tell like the kids especially at the, at the wrestling academy is like you're never done learning so you know i mean even my, myself to this day like i'm still you know as every wrestler should um asking for advice and just like critiques on their matches and stuff like that because you could always get better you know even if you think that you're the best you could always get better I absolutely agree with that. You're a guy that always sets a great example for young wrestlers. And even a couple of years ago when I was at Freelance Underground over in Joliet, and we'll get to this weekend show in Joliet in a couple of minutes, but I saw you after the show. You're helping break down the ring and carry pieces out with some of the other young wrestlers. I'm like, you've been, you're, you're a tenured guy. I mean, you don't have to do that, but you by, by you doing that, you, you're showing the youth that, you know, you don't ever really quote graduate from paying your dues and you kind of like work hard and that, that's how you, that's how you get successful. No, definitely. And, and I've always like, I, I, this, this always sticks out in my mind um, specifically. Uh, and it's funny enough, it's, it was a show that was in Joliet. It was a, a pro wrestling blitz show back in the day. And we went, Castro and I went down for, it was a seminar with Steve Carino, which okay. to this day is, is probably one of the most beneficial seminars I've ever done. And we didn't step in the ring at, at all. It was all just him talking and telling us, you know, all of, all of his secrets, I guess. And um, it was awesome. And he actually wrestled Jerry Lynn in the main event of that show, which was pretty cool. And after the show, like the ring crew for the show was literally just me and Castro. Like we, we got there early, set up the ring ourselves. Um, and at the end of the night, we were tearing down the ring and it was just us. And then a couple of the guys that showed up for the seminar stayed to help. But I just remember Steve Carino seeing that and walking over and just started grabbing pieces of the ring. And he's just like, you guys need help. And I was like, dude, you don't have to do that. Like you're Steve Carino. Like you, you if anybody doesn't have to do this, it's you. And he's like, nope, I'm going to help you. And I, that always like resonated with me. And I was like, if, if I ever, <laughs> I was like, if I ever last in this business, uh, I, I always want to set that example as well. And kind of, you, you said lead by example, um, not even le like leading, but just like, just always showing that like, Hey, like no matter who you are, you can always like lend a hand and help. Don't ever feel like you're too uh, big of a personality to, to ever lend a hand. 
Okay, let's turn to freelance wrestling. Now, how did freelance wrestling get started? And what was the influence behind the style of wrestling and the atmosphere of the shows? So this, the story that I like to tell <laughs> is, um, I guess in a nutshell, at that time, 2014, I was, probably, I was probably only in wrestling for about four years at that point. And I was kind of starting to get burnt out already. And I just wasn't having fun. I, you know, we looked back on, you know, our time when we did backyard wrestling and, and that those times were, it was a lot of just us just hanging out and just like the camaraderie and just bonding with all of our friends. And just like, it wasn't even about really having good matches per se, because obviously none of us were trained, but just that atmosphere of just like hanging out, wrestling, having fun. And I was like, I, why can't you have that? with a, like an independent show. Like, I don't see why you can't have that same kind of like energy and vibe just doing it in front of an audience and stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like, I was like, I think I'm going to, I'm talking with my friends. I'm going to run it. We're going to run a show and we're going to, we're going to try to do it in a certain way. And I was like, well, probably I'll probably lose my ass doing it. But like, if anything, like this will just be like our little, like one last little hurrah and just like, just to have fun and just, you know, uh, just us and the guys kind of having, a, having a matches for ourselves, not for ourselves, but like, you know, having matches that we want to be having. And, you know, we kind of just did it. And I had a lot of help in the beginning as well, like, you know, kind of getting things off the ground. And, you know, one show led to two shows, two shows led to three, three to four. And then and I was like, shit, I guess we got to keep doing this because people kept coming. Like, we didn't we didn't think people would show up. We just kind of like did our own thing. And like we really grassroots uh, promoted the shows like we went out and, and, and flyered, uh, hung, hung up flyers, and posters all over every single bar neighborhood in Chicago I could find, posting them up everywhere, you know, doing doing everything we can just to get like eyes on it. And slowly but surely, the crowd started to grow every show and, and people started talking about it and i would say most of the crowd that showed up was like not even wrestling fans they were just people out drinking that were like hey this is pretty cool like <laughs> and and it was the perfect venue too like the abbey pub like rest in peace um was just the perfect little spot for us to start our journey and and we just grew and grew and eventually we grew out of that place and grew into the bottom lounge and then we grew out of that place and then we were at well we were at chop shop for a little bit but then we moved into logan square and we've been there ever since and it's kind of wild to see just how much it's grown and like, you know, the, the who's who of wrestling that's kind of come through freelance and like not even expecting like, you know, who's going to blow up or not. Like you just booking people that I like, you know, that we liked or people that were, that, that were good wrestlers and, you know, all those people, like they always say the cream rises to the top and it's evident by the amount of people that, that have gone through and signed to like WWE or AEW and, hopefully that that trend continues now um with more with freelance uh, you decided about a year ago to kind of step back a little bit from day-to-day operations did you just need a mental break from it all yeah you know it it was um just a lot <laughs> like doing and doing most like, mostly everything that was happening i was doing on my own like i was booking the shows I was promoting the shows I was running the social media I was you know doing a lot of the we didn't have a a school at the time so like the ring crew and stuff like that was literally just me and then whoever would show up early enough to help and 
you know, after a while it just got, and, and on top of that, trying to, you know, balance a relationship with, you know, my family, you know, family, personal life, girlfriend, having a full-time job. Um, it just took it after a couple of years, it took, it really took its toll. And I, and I just was kind of like, I need a break. I, but I can't just like stop freelance. Cause there's too many people that like depend on it. Like other than my, you know, myself, like there's the fans, you know, love freelance. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers that, that, you know, see it as like a bigger, a bigger booking or just like a, a, a decent booking that they can get. And, you know, I didn't want to see them get, you know, cost them that many bookings and stuff. So like, I really kind of had to think of a way to, to be able to do that. And, and thankfully I had, a, you know, James from Freelance Underground and, and Isaiah, you know, to pull back the current a little bit that, that they, you know, agreed to kind of step up and like help me take things off my plate to make it a little bit easier for me. And, and I, and I honestly didn't know if I was going to ever come back. Like I, I kind of felt like I was ready to be done and just kind of move on with my life and, and just, you know, live as a, as a normal human, as a civilian mm-hmm. and, you know, having that time away and, and really kind of getting a chance to fall back in love with wrestling by like watching like AEW and like, you know, some watching some, you know, our kids get go through NXT and just like, and really seeing the kids at the school, just seeing how passionate they are about wrestling and how excited they are about like wrestling and just how hard they were working. And I was like, man, like, I remember being that way. Like, I don't understand why I can't be that way anymore. Like I just had to like see it and, and, and realize that my, my, my personal role in wrestling changed, I guess, changed from where I wanted it to be to where I needed it to be. And once I kind of came to terms with that and like decided that, that I was going to, you know, be involved again, like wrestling's just been a lot more stress-free, a lot more fun. Like that's kind of just, and people always say that they just want to have fun in wrestling, but I mean, that's really the truth. I mean, like, why would you want to do something if you're not having fun doing it? And, you know, being able to be involved with freelance again, like helping more so on the business side, mm-hmm. um, not really doing any of the booking stuff. Cause that was kind of a lot of the stuff that was really stressing me out. Um, and we kind of have a good team now. Uh, and that was always the, the problem is I never had a team to kind of help with the day-to-day operations and, it's, it's made a hell of a difference. And, and I feel like the shows have just been progressively getting better and, you know, the crowds are great. Like it's uh it's been good. It's been good to be able to be back and, and have the help that I have. That's pretty awesome too. And now with your lessening administrative role with freelance, you've been able to get out and wrestle for a few other shows. Uh, obviously some freelance underground warrior wrestling over the last couple of years, frontline pro second wrestling, where I just saw you team up with Zach Gowan. So what's it like to kind of maybe have a little more of a stress-free attitude and and be able to kind of work and have fun in matches now? (laughs) Um, It's kind of, it's a little bit of an adjustment. Um, Just being, I guess being used to being stressed out all the time and not like, and literally not enjoying wrestling because of that to being, I don't want to say stress-free because no one, no one's ever really stress-free, True, but just lessen, lessen the stress uh, and getting a chance to kind of just like enjoy wrestling again. Uh, it's been really fun. And I am slowly getting back into getting, getting the bookings, I guess. I'm, you know, I've been working out with the, at the school and just trying to get myself back into better shape. I just kind of, especially throughout the pandemic, I know a lot of people, 
a lot of people got into really good shape during the pandemic. I did not. I, <laughs> I let that, I let the pandemic ruin my life basically. No, not ruin my life, but you know, it took, it took its toll on, on a lot of people. And, you know, I, I definitely was one of them, but you know, we're, we're moving on, we're moving forward. We're trying to improve, trying to get better, trying to be healthier. And that's all we can really ask for. Yeah. The pandemic really did kind of different things for different people. Some people were extra motivated. Other people may have been affected in the other way. And sounds like you maybe were affected a little bit in the other way, but now it seems like things are turning around nicely for you. Yeah. I think uh, just kind of like, I guess from being like, I'm a, I'm a very social person normally and just to going from like interacting with people and seeing people and hugging people all the time to being stuck in your house for weeks at a time, you know, like not being able to go out and do things, not being able to see people, not being able to see your family. Um, I, it, I think it, it just affected me a lot more than I thought it would. And it took me a while to kind of reacclimate, I guess, to just being around people. Like it was very weird and I'm glad it's almost over. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's getting there, but let's, Turn back the clock a couple of years. Uh, I believe it was November of 2019. You got to wrestle Cody Rhodes at Now Arena, formerly the Sears Center, on AEW <laughs> Dynamite. And this was so awesome because I'm like, oh, my God, there's Matt Nix. I'm watching it while I'm working. I got it on my computer. It's like, oh, my God. And then um, I hear the crowd. There's a freelance chat. I, this was amazing <laughs> stuff. How did that make you feel? Um. I, I mean, I could honestly say that, that was the coolest moment that I've ever had in wrestling. Probably the coolest, one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Cause like, you know, we, we meaning uh, me and some of the guys have, we've, we had done extra work uh, with AEW in the past. You know, we, we did like very minor roles on the show. Um, and that's kind of what we, we would usually expect, you know, you, one does not really expect to show up and be like, Hey, you're wrestling Cody Rhodes today. Uh, so we kind of showed up and, and we were just getting ready to see what, what they were going to have for us. And somebody had come up and, and asked like, like, we need someone to work Cody tonight. Uh, Nick, can you do it? And I was just like, yeah, sure. Like thinking they were messing with me. <laughs> and then, then, then Cody comes over and he's like, Hey, like, and I was like, Oh, okay. This is real. And, and you know, we, we had that, that match and, everyone's like, Oh, were you, were you nervous at all? And I was like, absolutely. I, I absolutely was not nervous in the slightest. Um, mainly because I, you know, I knew what I was doing and also we weren't doing a whole lot. So I was like, well, there's not a whole lot I can mess up. So, <laughs> and I was just like, whatever. And, and actually I think Cody asked me, he's like, are you, are you, are you nervous? Is this the biggest crowd you'll, you've ever wrestled in front of? And I was like, I mean, this is probably the biggest crowd I'll ever wrestle in front of. Let's be honest. And, you know, he kind of laughed and I was just like, you know, my, my vision is just so bad that like when I take my glasses off, you know, I can barely see past the ropes anyway. So like, to me, it's just a blob of people, but so they, they kind of fished me out there, um, during commercial break. So I'm kind of just bebopping on the, on the, on the side of the ring. Um, and I was just like, all right, like this is happening. And then his entrance happens and he's got the pyro and he's got the fire and the flames coming up and you can feel the heat from those flames all the way from the entranceway down by the ring. And that's when I was like, 
oh shit like that's when the nerves started kicking in because i was like this is really happening and those are real fireball flames coming up um but yeah so like i get in the ring when they do the intro and i like do my pose or whatever and the crowd like popped and i was like oh shit like okay like this is cool like never had something like that before at least that that many people and you know, we kind of circle around in the ring and the, we can hear in the ring, I could hear the crowd chanting freelance wrestling. And Cody could hear it too, because like we were circling and he stops and he kind of like looks around and then he looks at me and he smiles. And I was just like, I don't know why, but in my head, I was like, oh shit, am I, I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble for this for some reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> like take it like, oh, like, like I, like for some reason they might think that I tried to hijack the show or something. And I'm like, no, that's like, I wasn't expecting that at all. And, you know, it was really cool. And, and afterwards too, you know, I, you know, thank, I thanked him and the, the bucks were at in gorilla. So like, or in dusty position, I should say. Um, and, you know, I thanked them all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Cody was just like, yeah, freelance is uh, pretty over in Chicago, huh? And I was like, oh, I guess so, huh? <laughs> and uh, I mean, it was really cool. And, you know, that's, if anything in my life, you know, if I, if I never do another cool thing in wrestling ever again, like nobody can take that away from me. Like that was a moment in time that, you know, is documented of me wrestling on national television. Um, so I could show my niece and you now my future children that, you know, I wasn't always such a lazy bum. <laughs> now, um, you are known as the purple poppy and lately you've been dressing it up in a lot of purple. You come out to Prince's purple rain. Now, uh, what was the influence behind using that? Um, I don't know. I mean, there, the influence I've, I mean, I've always really liked the color purple and I initially got purple gear because I used to tag with Kenny Sutra and he had purple gear originally and i was like we never had matching gear so i was like you know what i'm just gonna get purple gear because i had a pair of gear that was like black that i was wearing but i got the exact same gear made but with purple so i was like cool at least we'll match and then he then we stopped tagging so i was like all right i guess i just have purple gear now and i kind of just started rolling with it i found that i ended up finding that jacket that i wear um you know out and about and I was like, oh, I could use this as my ring jacket. And I kind of just like, they always say like when you, you find your character in wrestling, it's usually just that it's, it's your personality turned up to 11. It's, it's like the famous line that people like to hear. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, that's, that's me turned up to 11, but like, I just, I feel more comfortable. I, I, I just, it feels more like me. Like I'm just kind of like a goofy, um, carefree dude in, in, in general life, but you know, Prince obviously is such a, an iconic figure in just pop culture and just the, the swagger that he kind of had and the, the stage presence and his, his ability to just to control a crowd. I just found fascinating. And I was like, I would love to try to implement this into some sort of wrestling character. And I, and I was like, I, I don't know what or how, and I was just like, in my mind, I was like, I want to try to combine the personalities of Prince, Michael Jackson, and Screaming Jay Hawkins <laughs> and just turn that into my wrestling character. I don't know how that translates, probably not very well, but 
um i have fun with that and you know people people really like the the purple rain i love that song it's an incredible song and you know the purple poppy name kind of came from uh i saw a tweet that was like a bunch of it was a bunch of different like wrestlers that had like like daddy daddy nicknames like you know everyone called you know effie's daddy there's mm -hmm. dan the dad um i think chris dickinson's uh dirty daddy so there was all these different daddy iterations and i was like if you guys are all these daddies I was like, can i be the purple poppy <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it kind of just uh i think isaiah might have been the first one to say it but that's just kind of been my moniker from now on you know and now like you know i'm a bit older now I'm, I'm 31 and you know a lot of these kids at the school are like you know in their early 20s or like some some of them are even younger and you know I'm not not that I'm kind of like their dad but I'm you know I'm kind of the dad of freelance and so the purple poppy moniker just kind of fits at this point yeah um for me I grew up with the two albums I grew up with and this was during my childhood it was Michael Jackson's Thriller and Prince's Purple Rain. And I remember playing my sister's LP after school when I got home. And it was Let's Go Crazy. It was always that first track. Very yes. exciting. Kind of got you pumped up. I mean, it would probably motivate me a little bit to do my homework then. And then you had yeah. Purple Rain. You had One Dove's Cry. You had I Would Die For You. Now, uh, how did you kind of get into that? Because I you just said you're 31. So, I mean, you weren't born until several years after that album came out. Oh yeah. Well, I have my father to blame for that <laughs> or thank, <laughs> I should say, not blame. Um, I was just to both my parents, like, you know, my, my family growing up, my, both my parents are in their early sixties, but they, we, we were such a big music family. Like we were always, music was always on in the house. Um, and I grew up, listening primarily to a lot of the music that they they were listening to so I, I grew up listening to a lot of Motown um like rock and roll like classic rock and roll mm -hmm. um and and a lot of R&B music so like just I was exposed to a lot of like I guess at this point they're called classic artists but like artists from that that era you know that my parents kind of like listened to from the you know the 60s 70s and 80s and I've just always, I've always been more infatuated with older music. Um, I didn't really start getting into like my own music, I guess like punk rock music and stuff until I was like, you know, a little bit older, like in high school and stuff. But like, mm -hmm. I mean, the first, I was telling my, one of my coworkers today, I was the first concert I ever went to was to see Chicago, um, which was pretty awesome. Like I love, I love a good brass band, but yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely am an old soul when it comes to my tastes in music. I've noticed that a lot of that through some of the wrestlers I've covered and I've interviewed over the years. And I think that's really, really cool because I could definitely relate to that. Hell yeah. All right. Um, now, big weekend for freelance and freelance underground. Uh, we don't know what you're doing for freelance wrestling yet. Obviously, Logan Square Arena, that is Friday night, 8 o'clock bell. A uh, shift in power and Robert Eagle Anthony is an interesting night because he's defending both of his championships. There's a couple oh, yeah. of other really cool matches on that show. Do you have any idea what you might be doing that night? I am not 100% sure yet. I know I will be there and I, and I, I will be wrestling. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who yet, but 
you know, I guarantee you that I will look awesome in purple <laughs> and <laughs> hopefully pull out the victory. And then let's shift over to Saturday night. Now, this is a show I'm going to be covering in person. Freelance Underground's Double Back Cantini VFW, 7 o'clock bell time there. And just before we started recording this podcast, there was a tweet from Freelance Underground Management where you and Project Monix, who are on a collision course down the line, get to pick each other's opponent Saturday night. And that announcement will be made this Wednesday as to which opponent you guys pick. So it's kind of like a a pick your poison type of deal. So um, how do you feel about the whole thing? You know, I'm, uh, I, I respect project Monix, but I do not like him. And I know he does not respect me and that's fine. And we had our match that unfortunately he was victorious in. And I, but I'm always ready for another fight. Like I'm always ready for another chance. And, but unfortunately he's making it harder to do this. You know, I had to beat Chico. I did that. And now he's putting me through this other test. So quite frankly, it doesn't matter who he puts in the ring with me. You know, I'm going to be victorious. And, you know, I, definitely want my rematch with Pat Monix and I want to I want to make him hurt I want to make him I want to make him feel what I felt now this whole thing stems back to the final phase show at uh, Itasca way back in October where we everybody thought Monix was leaving it was his last match against Calvin Tankman he was done and then it was the ultimate swerve, as I called it. And now he's running with that uh, terminology on his uh, social media. And he decided to not only attack you, but he also attacked uh, Two Juice. And now he put you in a submission hole. You're writhing in pain. And I mean, did you expect, ever expect anything like that out of Pat? Well, there's one thing I've learned in wrestling is to always expect the unexpected. But unfortunately, this time I didn't expect that. And, you know, we were there to celebrate Pat. I thought this was going to be the last time we'd see him in the ring. And, you know, I, I made it a point to be there to kind of see him off. You know, I, I, I wish him the best of luck. And, you know, for him to kind of swerve everyone like that is, and play with people's emotions is kind of a dirtbag move. So I have no problem putting him in his place now and beating that guy up. And uh, he was another guy that was citing like maybe a little bit of burnout or whatever. And it's just something that happens in this business. I mean, even all all businesses. Yeah. I mean, all the, all the good people uh, have a couple of months or a couple of years where they're just kind of like trying to, you know, chase that ghost and try to stay motivated. And, you know, it it gets you down. It it can be tough sometimes. No, it definitely is. You know, like we said, in in any any job, any, any walk of life that you have, you know, you know, we are all human. We're only human and we can only, you know, we can only take so much pressure and so much, you know, stress before we, we crack and break. And sometimes we need a, a bit of a time away from, from that stress and to hopefully recharge and come back more rejuvenated and better than ever. And in my case, I feel like that's, that is the case and paths. I'm not sure. He's come back and he feel he's, he's just evil now. He's more bitter and evil than ever. So I don't know if, if this is as good for him 
yeah, also this weekend, we're going to be seeing some really, really good talent on that Freelance Underground show. Storm Grayson and Allen Five Angels is going to be an amazing match for the Freelance Underground Independent Championship. And I've been watching Storm really closely the last like eight months, 12 months or so, and he's absolutely phenomenal. He's, he's getting shots in Warrior Wrestling. He was just on WWE main event. Um, is he one of the guys that you've seen really on the up and up over the last couple of years that you think he's going to really go far? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known, I've known storm since he started before, like when he started training and stuff and to kind of see him progress from this skinny little kid to this jacked, you know, athlete now. And, 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 you know, I know he's been side sidetracked with, uh, with injuries over the last couple of years, but you know, he's been healthy. He's motivated. He's working hard. He's like you said, he's getting all these opportunities. He's putting in the work and I, you know, I could definitely see him, you know, moving on to bigger and better things at some point soon. Now, is there anybody else that's in the Academy right now or very young and really kind of grindy that you really think that are going to do some big things here in the next uh, couple of years or so? Oh, I mean, there's, there's a ton of them. I mean, like, you know, uh, Alfonso is, uh, is good. He's really good. He's, he's been getting a lot of shots on the on the freelance on uh, the freelance shows mm-hmm. and uh and it's kind of just been thrown into the fire and it's just kind of adapted really really well um the bang bros davy bang and august matthews those guys are going to be a top tag team on the independence very soon i could i could feel it they're just so clean and crisp and and i laugh because i see the stuff that they do at practice and i'm like i remember being young and being able to do that stuff and now i feel like an old piece of piece of garbage uh, but they're awesome. Uh, Pick and Pop, Darius Latrell and, and Coda Hernandez are, are a hell of a tag team. Uh, super entertaining. Um, and, you know, even though he's a, kind of a jerk. Ooh, you know, I know where you're going. <laughs> even though he's kind of a jerk, I do have to say that Trevor Outlaw mm-hmm. has put in a lot of work. And, you know, he's definitely going to be somebody that, you know, once he comes back from his, 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 his injury, and I hope it's soon because that's another one that that I owe an ass whooping to. Mm-hmm. So, but he's got a lot of potential, and and I'd like to see what he what he can do soon too. Now he's a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder, and uh, he's not afraid to uh, tell you about it. And he's been a guest on this show several times, and he, he's definitely kind of spewed some hatred for some folks on this program. Yeah, yeah, he's all talk, <laughs> but. All kidding aside, I think he's got a great upside in this business, and I really like Trevor outside the ring. I, I think so too. I think he <laughs> once he once he figures out once he figures it out, I think you know he's got a good head on his shoulders, so he'll 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 come around. All right, this weekend the Purple Poppy, the father of freelance, marvelous Matt next. You'll see him both at freelance and freelance underground. And there's all kinds of great things coming up. And before I let you go, Matt, I want to go ahead and ask you a little bit about your social media. Go ahead, promote that, whatever merchandise you might have, upcoming events. And I know you also have a podcast that you occasionally do. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, we'll start there then. Uh, I do have a podcast that I occasionally do. I haven't really uh, put a lot of time into it lately, uh, just with kind of you know, personal life getting in the way, um, work schedule and, and all that. But I definitely plan on, on doing that again. It's something that I'm very passionate about. I very much enjoy 
uh, doing this, like having conversations with people and kind of getting to know people a little bit better. So uh, that podcast is called My Violet Tendencies. Uh, and you could find that on pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Um, there's a decent little catalog set up there. So if you want to go through, I've got some interviews with like Warhorse, Dan the Dad, uh, Effie, uh, Aiden English, uh, and so on and so forth. A lot of freelance people. Uh, and then people from outside of wrestling too. You know, I, I like to have a, a couple people from different bands. Uh, I interviewed my own dad on there. It was, it was really nice. Um, a lot of fun. So if you just like random conversations about nothing, like that's pretty much what it is. Um, but yeah, you can find that on anywhere. Uh, my social medias, I am the Matt Nix, T-H-E-M-A-T-T-K-N-I-C-K-S on pretty much every uh, platform. Um, go ahead and follow Freelance Wrestling. It's at Freelance Rest, W-R-E-S on Twitter uh, and Freelance Wrestling on Instagram. Uh, and then the Freelance Wrestling Academy. Uh, if you want to be a pro wrestler, you should hit us up because we definitely want to train you. Um, and you can contact us at Freelance Wrestling Academy at gmail.com or even just Freelance Wrestling at gmail.com and we'll get you squared away. All right. Any other upcoming events for you beyond the freelance weekend? Uh, right now, not yet, but I'm hoping that once the weather starts getting warmer, I was kind of waiting for the for the summer just to, I don't want to travel in the, in the, the dead of winter, but uh, hopefully soon I'll have a lot more updates. But if you, if you follow the social media stuff, uh, any kind of announcements of any upcoming shows will definitely be posted there. And you also have some pretty cool merch that I was able to kind of peek at over at uh, Second Wrestling a little over a week ago. You want to tell people where you can get Matt Nick's merchandise? Oh, yeah. I definitely have shirts sometimes. Um, you can definitely pick up a, a Matt Nick's t-shirt or a freelance wrestling t-shirt over at prowrestlingtees.com. Um, you could search, just search Matt Nick's or freelance wrestling uh, or just do the backslash deal. Uh, there's a lot of cool designs on there, a lot of parody designs, a lot of purple shirts. So if you want a purple shirt, you can definitely go get that. I do have a brand new design that will, I, I will, it'll only be available at live events. So if you're coming to a show and you want a cool shirt, this is the only place you can get it. Very cool. All right. Thank you so much, Matt. And we look forward to seeing you in action this weekend. And I will see you on Saturday night in Joliet. Heck yes. Thank you so much for having me. Fun conversation with the Purple Poppy, the father of freelance, marvelous Matt Nix. Matt's a great guy. I've known him for a few years now. And hopefully I will run into him this weekend over at Freelance Underground in Joliet. All right, next week, we're going to recap some of this crazy local action, including my weekend over at Freelance Underground in Joliet. Plus, next week's guest... For the very first time on the show, we welcome Rocket Pro Wrestling Outer Limits Champion, Black and Brave graduate, and Joliet native, Gunner Brave, to the show. You're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.